The first Bible reading is from Colossians chapter 4, verse 2 to 6. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us, that God may open us to us a door for the word, to declare the mystery of Christ, on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each other. The second Bible reading is taken from Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 to 17. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. This is the word of the Lord. Um, what a great video that was. I would say that the future of, of Cross Culture's reputation as a church that uh, enjoys good food is in good hands. Uh, <laughs> I don't think it's going to finish anytime soon. Uh, happy Mother's Day again, everybody. What a joy it is to celebrate our mums. My mum's with the Lord, but um, I have very fond memories of her uh, who raised six of us without a lot of support from her family, not because they were unsupportive, but uh, because her mum died when she was 17. And when she was 20, she left her home country, Scotland, and came to Australia. Uh, and uh, I couldn't have had a more dedicated and caring mother. And she made the most of every opportunity uh, to see that we grew spiritually, physically, emotionally, and in every way, really. And I salute her and all the mums and dads out there. Uh, if that's a role that you have, you have a fantastic opportunity to deeply influence the lives of other human beings. And uh, we're talking today about making the most of the time. And I know mums and dads, they are time poor. Uh, and so I hope this helps you today uh, as you reach out and disciple your children. I wonder if you were told, uh, let's say today or tomorrow, you've got a doctor's appointment, you go to the doctor and the doctor says, you've got six months to live. How would that change what you did in the next six months? Or would it change what you did in the next six months? It's worth thinking about, isn't it? I think it really challenges us to think about actually what's really, really important. Um, in a more general sense, what is, do you have a plan for the rest of your life? And what does it look like? What is it? Because uh, I think that's really, really important. We only have one life. We only live once. Uh, and it's really, really important what we do with our time. So that's what we're looking at today, making the best use of your time. Uh, so it's a bit of a segue from uh, what we've been doing in, in uh, talking about sharing our faith and in the middle of that passage that we've been looking at for the last four in this series, uh, Paul says, making the best use of the time. Uh, and he talks about it too in Ephesians 5. So what, is, what does that mean? What is he actually talking about? So first thing I think we need to look at is, what does he mean by time? Let's do a time check. 
Um, and I want to look at this under three headings. I think what he means is firstly the remaining time that we have. I went online and filled out one of those life expectancy calculators. And uh, those guys, whoever they are, reckon that a privileged white semi-fit male of my age has about 20 years to go. Um, the Australian Bureau of Statistics is not so optimistic. They reckon it's more like 16. Um, <laughs> anyway, whatever it is, it could be more, could be less, couldn't it? Um, and who knows the quality of it? I might be gaga for half that time and not be able to serve the Lord very well. Uh, so we need to think clearly about this. A friend of mine says, uh, you never, you're never going to have more time than you have now. So whatever you're going to do, make the most of it. And this is what Paul's saying to us. So the remaining uh, time that we have, actually our time here on earth may not end with our death, it may end with the return of Jesus. Uh, and so that may end a lot sooner than we think, could be tomorrow, tonight, this afternoon, next week. Um, it, it could be any moment. So we need to make the time count. Um, we're going to be looking at the book of Revelation in our GMC talks with Wei Han. The second last verse in the book of Revelation and the second last verse in the Bible says this, He who testifies to these things says, Surely I'm coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. That's what John said. Come on, Jesus, come. Uh, so if we put off trusting in Jesus, if we put off growing in Jesus, if we put off telling other people about Jesus, uh, then it automatically means that we are going to have less time to do that. Uh, whether we're thinking locally or globally, uh, just simple mathematics says if you're waiting till you have more time uh, to tell people about Jesus or to commit yourself to Christ or to grow in Christ, automatically means you are going to have less time as you wait. Simple as that, isn't it? So the question is, what are we going to do with it? So that's the time, remaining time we have. Uh, another biggie is the time for those who haven't heard. Now, there are millions of people who have waited so far, 2,000 years, uh, to hear the good news of Jesus, to hear uh, that they can be rescued by the grace of God. Uh, according to the Joshua Project, right now in our world there are 3.29 billion people 42% of the world's population, uh, who are unreached. In other words, these are people who will not hear the good news of Jesus unless someone like you or me crosses a cultural barrier and goes and takes the good news to them. That's a lot of people, isn't it? These are the people who are alive now in the, in the 2,000 years. How many billions of people have died without hearing their message and have spent their life doing stuff that's not going to count, pointless rituals that they think will earn them points with God and stuff like that. Uh, so the time for those people uh, is running out. Make the most of that time, the time, the remaining time that those people have. The third thing is the time that we live in. Make the most of the time uh, that we live in. Uh, the time in this context doesn't, uh, doesn't just mean that the clock's ticking. And time's running out. It's, it's, it, it can mean season as well. So make the most of the season that we live in. What sort of a season do we live in? Uh, friends, we live in a season where it is so easy 
to jump on an aeroplane once you've filled out all the forms and had your COVID tests and all that. Um, it's so easy to go to another part of the world, isn't it? And a lot of you are doing that fairly frequently and will be as the restrictions open up. It is so easy for us to do that, more easy than it's ever been. Uh, when our skills and our careers are, are more portable than ever, they've ever been, most of us, whatever job we're doing, can do that in some other place, some other culture, uh, where people need to hear the good news of Jesus. We've been discovering during the pandemic, haven't we, that, that people can log into Alpha from Moscow and from the Middle East, and they are. <laughs> Who would have imagined that two years ago? But it's actually so easy for us to cross those cultural barriers here. People actually find us on the internet. We're not advertising in Moscow and Abu Dhabi or wherever. They're finding us. And, and they're coming into those things into English Corner as well. So we, the, the times that we live in actually are very, very privileged. And here in Australia, friends, we are amongst the richest people in the world. I know that you think you're poverty-stricken and the government ought to give you more handouts and all that stuff, but actually, statistically, we are very, very well off. And so we have resources that can help us to make this happen. So that's do a time check on your own life. How much time have you got left? What are you going to do with it? Uh, on the time for those people who have not yet heard, but also the time that you live in. Uh, and you will live in. Some of you got a lot of year, more years ahead of you than me. So do a time check. Secondly, buy up every opportunity. Uh, the translation that we find uh, in the ESV of that verse is making the best use of the time. Now the older versions had redeemed the time. And that's because uh, actually the word behind that they've translated making the best use of it's actually a word that's to do with redeeming. Uh, it's used to describe what Jesus did on the cross in the transaction that happened on the cross that Jesus paid a price to redeem people uh, out of slavery. Uh, Galatians 4, for example. Uh, in the same way, we also, when we were children, were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. Uh, but God sent forth his son to redeem those who are under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. It's an incredible transaction, isn't it? That we were enslaved to sin, to Satan, to the ways of the world. And Jesus came along and paid a price to buy us out of that situation. It was a massive price. It was his own life. Uh, he did that to, so that we could be adopted as children of God. That is incredible. Now that's the opportunity that Jesus had to bring that about. The Greek word behind the original is exagerizo, uh, which means to redeem. Now if you're a bit of a linguist you'll see right in the centre of that uh, word is a word agora. Agora in that case has been inflected but and the agora of course was the marketplace. And so it's, this is the place where people looking for opportunities, aren't they? You know, can, can, I, can I get a cheap veggies this week? Or, or more, more, more likely in that context, people were buying up opportunities. They see something cheap, sell it next week for, for a better price. 
Uh, they buy, uh, one translator translated this as buy up every opportunity. When I was a student, a bloke in the hostel I was staying in uh, had an old motorbike, uh, like this one, no, that one, yeah. Um, <laughs> and it wasn't going, and uh, it was just sitting there. And I said to him, do you want to sell it? And it, it didn't look like that, let me tell you, it was really old. And he said, oh yeah, why not? And uh, he only wanted 25 bucks for it. I thought, okay, I'll buy it. And uh, I was an engineer in training. I tinkered with it and got it going. It went quite fast, actually. And uh, <laughs> I think about uh, eight years later, when we were going to college, needed some cash, uh, I put it up for sale. And I got $475 for it. Um, <laughs> now, lest you think I ripped that guy off, the thing is, uh, it's worth about 20 times that now. So if he's hung on to it, he's done very well. Um, so this is the kind of thing that Paul has in mind, buying up opportunities, not to enrich ourselves, but for the gospel. Um, there are opportunities for the gospel that are way better than that, where a smart investment can reap massive benefits and profits, eternal profits. Translating the Bible. I mean, how fulfilling is that? What, about a third of our global partners are working on that? How wonderful that is to give people the Bible in their own language, in their own hands. Changes societies and cultures. Uh, helping with a church plant. Uh, working in a place where people haven't heard the good news and sharing it with them. Ministering to people in need. This is what Paul has in mind. But make the best use of it. Buy up every opportunity for the good news of Jesus. In 1960, this couple here, who are not a motorbike, um, John and Helen Decker, uh, they were a lot younger when they went to live amongst the Dani people in the highlands of West Papua. When they went there, there were no Christians there at all. When they left in 1981, so 21 years later, there were 13,000 Christians. Today, there are nearly a quarter of a million Christians in that tribe, 90% of the tribe, are believers. Now, see what's gone on there? 20-year investment in two people's lives. Now, it's, that's not all that happened, of course. The people who became Christians worked really hard to spread the gospel and so on, the Dani people. But see what's happened there. Massive, isn't it? There's a huge eternal harvest, isn't it, that's gone on because two people chose to spend 20 years of their life in West Papua. So friends, we need to be looking around. What are the opportunities God put in front of us? Not everyone can go to the highlands of uh, West Papua. Uh, not everyone can <laughs> go and do wonderful things like that. But we need to be buying up the opportunities that we have in our street, in our workplace, our uni, uh, on the other side of the world. Reaching people who need the good news. And you can take that opportunity to reach out to them. Who knows what God will do if we buy up opportunities like that? Some of you do know that. You've seen it happen. So buy up the opportunities. Thirdly, uh, do a gospel opportunity inventory. Now, you've got to think about this a bit. What is the currency that we use to buy up opportunities for the gospel? 
It's things like our time, isn't it? Our passion, our energy, our resources, our money, our homes, our assets, all of those things. And as we approach our GMC, I want us to get practical about how we can make the most of the time. In Ephesians 5, it was read to us where Paul uses the same expression. He says, therefore, don't be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. The fool wastes their life, don't they, on things that don't matter. And the opposite to being a fool is to understand what God's will is. Jesus made his plan and purpose very clear and God's plan and purpose very clear in his final word to his disciples, go and disciple the nations. That's the will of God. That people might hear the good news, that they might trust in Jesus, they might grow up in him and they might go on to tell others about him. So I want to just look at some uh, opportunities that we can buy up this coming week as we rev up for God's kingdom. Uh, So our our theme is, uh, our, our tagline is ready, set, go. So I want to look, up, look at it under those three headings because I think we're, we're sort of at, uh, all of us will be at different stages in buying up opportunities. Uh, some of us, uh, maybe at a more preparation stage, some of us are more getting set to do it and others are going in lots of different ways. So let's look at this. Um, ready, get yourself ready. The first thing here is prayer, isn't it? to be praying for God's work uh, to reach the nations. One of the things that influenced Janet and me a lot in our path into mission was going to prayer meetings where people were passionate about praying uh, for people to receive the gospel. We're still in touch with some of those people from 50 years ago who were just so passionate to see the gospel reach into people's lives who have not heard. It makes a difference. I want to ask you this morning, you might like to close your eyes as you do this, I don't anyway. I want to ask you, do you know who the global partner is that's attached to your life group, that you have adopted in your life group? Put your hand up if you know that. Okay? If you don't know the answer to that question and you're in a life group, please ask your life group leader and maybe even put your hand up and say, hey, I'd like to connect with that person. I'd like to be the person that gets the info in so we can all pray. Uh, If the reason you didn't put your hand up is you're not in a life group, please join one. (laughs) It'll do you the world of good and you'll be able to join with others in praying for a lot more than just uh, people who need to hear the gospel. A year ago, you know, we were pleading with God for the life of Ben Chung. You remember that? He was on death's door. I remember standing right here and I got a message from from uh, Alan, saying, please pray that the surgeon's saying he's going to die. And we did. We all stopped what we were doing and we prayed. And God answered our prayers. Graciously. He didn't have to, but he did. And a few weeks ago, Ben is back at work, working full time. Praise God. Our prayers make it, no, God makes a difference, doesn't he? We just simply express our dependence on him and say, please God. Prosper your work. Please, God, uh, do this, do that, so that your good news can go out. Um, Sandra's already said, join our prayer meeting on Thursday nights. 
This is a great time to catch up with our global partners. Uh, um, you may not be free every Thursday night. I'm sure you can drop in some Thursday nights though. And, and, and please join in prayer. Get to know our global partners uh, and pray for them and with them. Pray for the Lord of the harvest to send people out. That's what Jesus said when he said there's a big harvest field here. It's the first thing he said to his disciples is pray. And the very next thing he said was get out and reach them. Uh, so but the first thing is to pray. Uh, secondly, in readying, readying yourself, um, perspectives is a great way uh, to find out what God's doing around the world. It's a great course. If you haven't done it yet, please do it. Contact missions at crossculture.net.au uh, or you can join Piers' workshop uh, that's on the Thursday night during the um, GMC where he'll be explaining more about what Perspectives is all about. Um, if you've already got Perspectives done and dusted and under your belt and are beginning to think about how God might use you, uh, we're starting up a new course this year called Ministry Pathways. Uh, and this will enable you to connect with people who've gone down a ministry pathway into various kinds of ministries uh, where you can just think through and, and visualise what the next step for you might be. Uh, be more information about that down the track. So ready. Secondly, set. Set yourself up to make the most of every opportunity. Uh, do a personal inventory. Please do this over the GMC week um, of, the, of the currency that you have in your gospel investment portfolio. I'm pretty sure you do that with your finances, uh, but this is way more important. What has God given me? What skills do I have? What gifts? What education do I have? Uh, what personality do I have? And so on. What health do I have? What time do I have left? What resources has God given me uh, that I can use for the gospel? Um, perhaps more importantly than that, do an inventory of your own convictions about how important the good news is and how necessary it is for people to hear it and respond to it. Uh, because if, if, if that's not right, doesn't matter how many resources you've got, uh, it, it won't work out. Um, so do the inventory. Check out the opportunities marketplace. We're going to have opportunity to do that uh, during the convention. Uh, here's one example that I think many of you could investigate. Uh, Janet and I worked in a church in the Middle East, uh, the Gulf, sorry, once, and there were people in that church from all over the world. People from, uh, and they'd gone there to work, uh, from maids who worked in uh, households of people who need to needed to hear the good news, right through to merchant bankers. Uh, there were graphic designers, CEOs, all sorts of people, massive opportunities to get the gospel to people who hadn't heard. Their work colleagues were people who needed to hear. Um, and all of that was on a tax-free salary that was about double what they were able to earn in Australia. Uh, for instance, if you're in the higher education sector, I looked it up last night, there are 14 Australian universities that have campuses outside Australia. They've all got jobs up there. <laughs> now you might need a PhD or whatever to do them, uh, not all of them actually, some of them are support kind of roles. Um, and, and they're uh, operating in 10 different countries, uh, some of them in the Middle East and, and uh, in, in the Gulf, which are very, very needy places. Check out those kind of opportunities. The last Sunday of GMC, we're going to have a missions fair where we will have 14 different 
ministries you can look at and connect with and see what's available. Thirdly, uh, go. Ready, set, go. Uh, move. If you're not already on the move, move. If you're on the move, keep moving. Uh, do something. Think about your part in advancing the Great Commission. Uh, if you've done perspectives, you'll know that there's senders, welcomers, mobilisers and goers. They're different aspects of getting the gospel going. As a sender, uh, friends, all of us are senders. We have sent 30 global partners from our church. Simply by being here, you are part of that. And of course, during uh, GMC week, uh, we have the opportunity uh, to put our money where our mouth is and say, yep, I'm on board with this or I want to increase my support of our global partners this year. Our faith promise uh, target is $8,500 per week. It costs over half a million dollars to keep our global partners on the job. Now, faith promise is where you think through and prayerfully think through what, under God, trusting in God to provide, uh, what can I commit myself to give weekly, monthly, annually uh, to support our global partners? Uh, the easiest way to action that is to set up a direct debit and to put it through, but also to fill out uh, the faith promise thing that is in the... You can go to our webpage, uh, GMC page, and it'll tell you what, all the details there, how to do it. Uh, and secondly, we have a love gift that we uh, give to our global partners, every GMC. This year we've increased the bits, $80,000. This is just a one-off gift uh, to our global partners, just to express our appreciation for what they're doing for God's kingdom. Check out the website, I'll tell you all how you can be involved there. So that's as a sender. As a welcomer, uh, this is really important actually. We, we have massive opportunities for that here, don't we? Through English Corner, Open Chapel, Alpha, Mercy Ministries. Welcome people who've come from some of these people groups that are unreached and we can reach out to them and connect with them uh, for the good news. Uh, if you're not in a position where you can readily go to another place, reach out to the people who God has sent here. Now, thirdly, as a mobiliser, uh, we've got mobilisers in our church, uh, Carolyn and Jerry and others who are working with missions. Fiona's just taken up a mobiliser role part-time. Uh, this is where you get alongside somebody and say, hey, I reckon you've got gifts for ministry or, or do what I've just done and say, hey, have you thought about going and working in Dubai with your job? University of Wollongong has a campus there. They've got jobs available. I looked it up the other day and one of them suits you. Go and have a look at it. <laughs> Stuff like that. That's, that's what a recruiter does. Connects people with opportunities. Or as a goer, uh, everyone should think seriously uh, about going somewhere to share the good news of Jesus. Not all of us will be able to survive in a remote place. Some of us will. Uh, but we can all go somewhere. Even if you're moving into a retirement village or a nursing home. You can take the good news of Jesus with you there and reach out to others. Uh, we need to prioritise the least reached. So where can God use you to reach the unreached? That's the question. Friends, let me tell you, there is nothing better you can do with your life than give somebody who hasn't heard the good news of Jesus. 
And the reason, of course, is, isn't it, is because that is eternal. Whatever we're working on here on earth, it's going to be gone. But when people trust in the Lord Jesus, their life changes forever, for eternity. Uh, just going back to chapter 1, the Apostle Paul, when he talks about how he views his ministry, he says this in uh, verse 24 and 29. Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I'm filling up what's lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is the church, that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil, struggling with all his energy, that he powerfully works within me. That's his ministry statement of his goal. That's what he's going to do with the rest of his life. It's very focused, isn't it? It's very inspiring. Uh, that his whole life, his passion, his attention, his resources are all focused on this, that he might present everyone mature uh, in Christ. Make the sacrifices that are necessary. He talks about, doesn't he, filling up what's lacking in Christ's afflictions. It's not that the work of Jesus wasn't sufficient. It's a one perfect sacrifice, wasn't it? But there's more sacrifice to be made so that people hear about that. And that's where you and I come in. And Paul does it struggling with all his energy that God powerfully works in him. So that's what God wants us to do as we begin our GMC. Let's prepare our hearts, uh, not just for next week, but for all that God wants us to do uh, and wants to do with us uh, with the rest of our lives. There's nothing better for us to do than to take the good news to those who haven't yet heard. Let me uh, pray for us. I'll leave a space actually for us to respond uh, to God. I've put a lot of things in front of you and I don't expect that you'll do all of them. Uh, but uh, let's just open ourselves up to God and what he wants to do in us and through us.